Greetings, exalted ones. Wait, hold on. Are we talking? We're talking about the Bad Batch, right? Yeah, we're talking about the Bad Batch first. Cool. You're listening to the Battlefront, where we talk about Star Wars while playing Battlefront 2. I'm Jerry. And I'm Jake. And today we were going to discuss uh, the premiere of the Bad Batch, which in real time when we were recording this has just premiered, uh, what was it, yesterday? Yes. My. Alright, here we go. I'm just going to do it like this. I would rank The Bad Batch as the best of the animated show's first episodes. It was better than The Clone Wars' first episode. It was better than Rebels' first episode, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. However, it was not perfect. Now, the, the Kanan and Caleb Doom retcon that yes. really annoyed me you think so i cannot express how much that annoyed me no um, no jeremiah i have not read the comic the canon comic see so that's the thing me, i explain to me what is the difference so it's quite simple they're on the same planet as they were in the, i forget the name of the planet exactly right but they're on this if you really squint the the outline is still there like it's the same outline right but it's not this so in the comic books him his master and uh a couple and all of his clone force they were sitting around cracking jokes after a battle right and then order 66 happened and it was tragic it was awesome it it's probably my favorite telling of order 66 is in the canaan comic like it's such a it's amazing and it's completely different. Like, yeah. we're on the same planet, but now the Bad Batch is here. Now Kanan is not in... It's not even... It's. I could maybe see it, but it's just such a... Like, I feel like they just ignored it. They're just like, eh, whatever. Yeah, They're not going to notice. Which is really, stupid. Yeah, that's it's, really peculiar even when I like, I haven't read the comics, but I know that the comics yeah. are are regarded as some of the best Star Wars. Yeah, I I uh, love can I love the canon comics. I literally I really beloved. I don't know if I know I don't know if you know, but a couple weeks ago I bought the canon comics to put in my display area from uh -huh. Fantasy Shop, right? And when this is airing, I, I pause it at, like, the 11-minute mark, and I'm like, this is not what happened in the comic. So I read, just, I straight up, I just pick the book up, and I just read it, and I'm like, this is so stupid. Why would they change this? It's so, like, I don't understand it. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand why they would do that, you know, because like, they know how much of a following the, the comics have. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't yeah. get it. And that's like, I mean, it's still... A fine story, but like, why, when I you love have a story, like, why would you if, change the story? You know, yeah. If the if the canon comics did not exist, I would have loved it. Like, if it's a great telling of Kanan's, you know, story. Which, first of all, Caleb Doom having the adult voice really weirded me out. <laughs> I was yeah. like, what is going on? Listen, I was so confused. But I don't even care. I just look. Yeah, just the is cool. I thought it was cool. cool. It really is. Uh, and I'm happy. I can that look they got past back. the adult. Yeah, I'm happy he got to play the character again. Like that's good. 
but it's just kind of weird. Like, why didn't they make them like I don't know, fifteen or something? Yeah, if if they're like, gonna it's, make... it's a pretty easy like. If they're gonna retcon, if they're gonna retcon the comics, make them a little older, you know. Yeah, I like there's no reason. already. He doesn't have to be the eleven-year-old. I think it was whenever. Like, really? Why? But whatever. I can look past that. Um, It is an interesting choice, and it's one of those like rare Dave Filoni questionable choices, you know. Yeah, where I, I don't know. Which is weird because Kanan is his character. Like yeah. I know, I know for a fact Dave had to approve that comic book. Like that's true. That's that. Those are his characters. He had to be like, yeah, that's a good yeah story. And then and he changed it. It it brings up the, which uh, I I trust. I would trust Dave Filoni for my life. So like obviously he thinks you know he wanted to change it, but I don't know. I it's just so weird to just ignore it. Yeah, it brings up the question like. Uh, if you enjoy the comics version, but then Dave Filoni makes this version, Dave, it's Dave Filoni's character, so yeah, does so that I, he's take right, precedence? but yeah, like he, he it, it is, it's his story, so his is true, you know. But you know, you still might like the comic book version better. I, I love, I like the comic book version better personally. Um, and, this makes uh, me want my, to read the comic more. Yeah, it's really good. It has one of my favorite clone trooper moments i'm not going to spoil it for you but like if you're going to read it it there's a really emotional moment with a clone trooper and kana it's really good like it's it gosh it just other than that i mean great episode amazing the animation i there was a shot i think it was when kanan was running from uh uh, what's his name? The sniper. Oh, Crosshair. He was running from Crosshair, and he like slid down, and it looked so good. Like it was so. The animation was so fluid. The new art style that they used for Clone Wars season seven yeah, was amazing. Like it's just it's perfect. And it's, even... I, it's everything I wanted it to be. Like and whenever whenever uh, Admiral Yuldarn uh, started doing the intro, I did not think they were gonna do that. I thought yeah, they were gonna you know. I'm wondering if yeah. they're only going to include Admiral Delarn for probably. this episode, just because probably it was the just as a transition. I mean, I think it'd be kind of cool if they like it's because yeah. essentially this is Clone Wars season eight, which I think is fantastic because you know I love the show. I just it's funny how they don't even care; they just are unapologetic about this being a direct sequel to the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. It's really I funny. I mean, even the animation, it like you said, is it's more similar to episode or season seven of the Clone Wars, but it it's yeah. even a little different. It seems like yeah, I, yeah, it's a little it's a little Honestly, sharper. Like it, it seems like, and this might not, I mean it's it is a little sharper, but it kind of in my mind it seems like a cross between season seven Clone Wars animation and almost like Resistance animation, just because Resistance animation is a little sharper. And, and yeah. the way it is done, so for some I reason it just it, it kind of that's what it reminds me of, uh, which I like I like a lot because it's something a little different. But there were some shots, like hats off to Dave Filoni and the crew because there were some shots um, I don't remember specifically, but I looked at it and I was like, this it could be literally reality. This could be a real yeah. Person. Like there was, um, I think I forget. Oh, what 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 happened? 
I think it was maybe Echo getting examined in a medical chamber. Somebody was getting examined in a medical chamber, and I was like, this is, like, this looks so real. Like, this just... How they animated the environment, like how they animated Kamino, it looks just like Revenge of the Sith. It looks exact, or Attack of the Clones. It looks exactly the same. And it's, I get it, because, you know, Attack of the Clones is, you know, CGI or whatever. But, like, still, how they can essentially replicate the real movie into, and I don't know if you caught it, but, like, whenever the intro was, you know, being given, and there were shots of Grievous and Obi Wan, mm-hmm. and it was direct it was shots out of those movies animated. Yeah, it, gosh, exact, that was awesome to see. And that's those. something oh. that I've wanted. I want. I know that's so cool. Seeing Grievous escape and then Anakin freeing Palpatine. It's a direct. Oh my gosh, it was beautiful. I was tearing up a little bit mm-hmm. at the intro. Yeah, no. I, I, <laughs> I, was... I texted you. I I I. I think I texted you. I said I'm crying, and that was, yeah, was that, awesome. that was me. That was from the intro. That wasn't even yeah, from it, anything else. It was from the intro, gosh. and then it only started getting more and more intense because you know, uh, Caleb, uh, which I mean, from my perspective, not reading the, not having read the comics, I was just immersed. Now I was just happy to see Caleb yeah. Doom uh, in the I, show at all. So uh, seeing Caleb Doom, seeing uh, Tarkin. Seeing, uh, then seeing Saw Gerrera, I mean, it was just uh, a great. Oh yeah, uh, Saw was awesome. Roller coaster I, of emotions. I forget exactly what he said. It was along the lines of um, adapt with the future. It was a, uh, yeah. you know. Yeah, I, I know the you, line is about adapting, either adapt or, yeah. or conform. Or uh, yeah, here I can find it. But like, I see that being a theme of the. Mm series going forward you know adapting to stay alive and gosh i think it will be i think uh that seems like it's what is going to happen uh and you know the question uh of of individuality and following orders is still a a theme because you know the clones like it has been for the entire clone wars and then you have a cool dynamic between Crosshair and the rest of the crew nah. uh, with their, you know, the way he's different from them, which is also a, a interesting mystery because uh, we don't know what is up with Crosshair. Mm-hmm. I don't, that's, I don't understand how Echo, like, I know the in-universe explanation of the, you know, the damage you sustained from the Separatists testing on you messed with your inhibitor chip, but I just, I feel like it would have been cool if Echo would have been the one to... Yeah, that's, it, it's, to, why would you make uh, Crosshair the one who has yeah, issues and bring up that question when I it don't, be Echo? But, I mean, it, it provides a good mystery, I guess, for Crosshair, because now we have, you know, something to question about why yeah. is Crosshair more, uh, more susceptible to the orders, which I hope, I mean, I hope they don't just kind of dismiss it and pretend like it's not an issue. That was one of my bigger questions going into the series: is were the Bad Batch going to be, you know, affected by Order sixty six? Like, what what happens there? And are we gonna? I'm hoping we see Wolf and Gregor, and oh, if I they can. We'll. I oh also, so the Clone Wars season seven, you know, we got that little in the trailer. We saw Caleb Doom, so people were like, "Oh, Caleb's going to be kind of prominent in the show," and then he wasn't, right? Mm-hmm. And then we also saw. Um, 
uh, shoot, what's his name? Uh, solo guy. Dryden Voss. We saw Dryden Voss in the trailer, mm. and we're thinking Dryden Voss is going to be part of it, but he's not, so I'm thinking maybe Dryden Voss is going to be here in the Bad Batch, perhaps? That'd be pretty maybe. cool. See some Dryden, maybe see uh, some Kira. I wouldn't, I'm not going to hold out any I don't think we're going to see uh, maybe some Infus Nest. It's <laughs> not gonna happen. But the only thing cool. that I'm I'm suspicious and even counting on is uh, since they set up Caleb Doom in the beginning, at the very beginning of the first episode, I think it's realistic to expect that they might. Yeah, I think Caleb's gonna come back. Yeah, I mean, I'd in, assume in, in Rebels when he tells uh, Ezra the story. Of how uh, you know he got, the clones turn on him uh, and everything. He says that later he later realized or found out that they had inhib- inhibitor chips. So yeah. we haven't seen him. I mean, yeah, he's got a no. Yeah. So it'd be cool to see if the Bad Batch encounter him on another mission, and you know he he has a conversation with them, and they find that out. Yeah, that'd be cool. Together. Um, <laughs> I think one of my favorite my favorite parts was whenever. Omega took Echo to get uh, scanned or whatever, and AZ oh, popped yes. up. I thought that was hilarious. I was like, <laughs> why are we bringing AZ back? AZ is such a like obscure droid. Like he's not that like you know like we're bringing AZ back for the pilot of the Bad Batch. Whatever. That's cool. it's great. I mean, I loved it because I mean, I, I don't think AZ is annoying at all. I, I, I love. I don't think. Oh yeah, no, I think he's great. I love I AZ. I, I just I thought it was funny. Is... Of all the characters from the Clone Wars to bring back, it's AZ. I think the gag of you know AZ and his really long name is is always hilarious. Oh yeah, so I, That's, I yes. laughed at that one. The um, I was surprised that the the twist of uh of of what's her name uh, Omega. I was surprised that uh-huh. the twist being of Omega a... being a, a clone. You know, just a regular clone, but defective. So that the that she's a woman. That's not the way I thought they were gonna do it at all. I, I didn't expect that. I uh, yeah, I'm... my only my only thought was that it, she might be. Uh, well, first of all, I didn't know that she was a she, and I was like, it looks like a young Palpatine. So I thought they were gonna do something mm-hmm. with cloning a Palpatine clone. Palpatine, yeah. Which I still I hope they do that. something with because I mean we we don't have much about Palpatine's clone at all, yeah. except for what the Mandalorian has applied. I don't think Dave is going to connect to Palpatine. I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, but that was just this, an early theory. Which uh, was okay. early. This is, oh this God, is my this is... 100% lock. You can, you can come back to this audio when it happens. 100% Omega is a Force-sensitive clone. 100%. I do not agree. There is no way. She is Force-sensitive. She had a little moment with Crosshair there when she said, you're angry, she could feel his feelings. She is definitely Force-sensitive. Also... You know what? You've convinced me. <laughs> I, th- I think I, mean, that's, I think that could possible. explain. I think that could explain why she's female, because um, you know, in legends, the is female, yes. Cloning, yeah. Well, first of all, that's a that's a Nike campaign, not a Star Wars campaign. It's always funny to me when people say. That. Anyways, 
uh, in Legends, you know, for sensitive clones, there was always going to, you know, they would always have some defects to them because you can't clone a force sensitive. So maybe that's the defect. Ooh. She's not Django anymore. She is a female Django or whatever. Or however they decide to do it. I don't really, I don't really care that Omega's a girl. Like, it doesn't change nothing for me. Now, this is an interesting point because if, uh, if she's force sensitive and a clone and, uh, to, to lock onto my Palpatine clone theory, uh, <laughs> if, if the purpose is to find a, a clone or a, a body that can yeah true maybe I can see that uh, you know you've convinced Omega. me Omega <laughs> yeah Omega might be that body <laughs> now that I think about it then it's not a bad idea because they definitely need to implement the fact that Palpatine has been using this plot for you know the entirety of the of the originals you know like he yeah. in case he ever dies which he does he'll have a, a body to fall back and transfer his consciousness in and yeah. the more that they you know put that in content in that era then the you know more acceptable it, be, it will be because in episode 9 it really came out of left field yeah um, I'm I'm thinking Omega is probably going to be one of my favorite Star Wars characters you think so? Uh, Oh yeah, I think she uh, she's just got this you know kind of got this vibe that reminds me of the Ahsoka yeah. and the Ezra of Dave's shows. Like there's always you know mm-hmm. there's always that one character yeah, they, that they, Dave kind of makes the main character, and I'm getting Omega vibes. Like I really I'm really excited to see what what's gonna happen with her character. It, she really did remind me of Ahsoka because you know I, yeah I, watching the episode I was like she could really. She's going to be the heart and soul of the show, I think. I think it really gave me the vibe of she could easily be annoying, like uh, Ahsoka was disliked. I'm not saying she was. I'm saying she could could easily annoy people. But I already, like, immediately I knew that she's going to be given the depth for everyone to love her, you know, as much as Ahsoka was given the depth to love her. So I think think you're right. I think, uh, and the same thing with Ezra. You know, Ezra was just a, a whiny kid. Oh yeah, Ezra was pretty annoying for the first like six episodes of Rebels. So I I Um, agree. I think it's going to go really well. (laughs) I know. I think the day before the premiere, Daniel Logan posted a picture on Instagram of Omega, and people were like, "Are you voicing Omega?" And I was like, "Oh gosh, I hope Daniel Logan is voicing (laughs) Omega. I want to like this character." That guy. (laughs) I I did. uh, I did see when I was watching the episode. There were some young clones walking through the halls of community. Oh god! (laughs) Freaking Daniel Logan. God, I hate that guy. Um. Here's my second 100% lock. People think it's going to be Cutler Quain that shows up in episode two. No, Finn Rao will be showing up in episode two of Star Wars: The Bad Batch. Uh, you're referring 100% to 100% lock. Whenever they were saying, "Oh, I know a guy," and then they, which is the most cliche ending to a, you know, show. But whatever, I don't even care. It was cool. But. It's not going to be Cut Quain. It will, in fact, be Finn Rao. That is a fact. <laughs> I I, can't, I was getting like Rex vibes. <laughs> nah, it's. I think it's realistically, it could be Cut. I think Cut Quain would be cool. Um, Rex. I don't think they're gonna give Rex 
in episode two. I think we're going to wait a little bit. Wait a little yep. bit. See, see uh, Alexander. Um. That's <laughs> what <laughs> that was a perhaps uh, Wolf and Gregor. Yeah, perhaps. I think I do think they're gonna make an appearance. I think that uh, they could be know. a Jedi. I mean, it could be could be Anakin. They could think, hey, we'll go see Anakin because he, you know, helped us in our first uh, in season seven, mm-hmm. and then they're gonna be like, oh, Anakin is Darth Vader now. That sucks. Um, I I think they'd wait off on something that drastic. Something yeah, big I don't like think that. they're gonna do that. That'd um, be cool. I think the next big thing that's gonna be in the show is Rex, and I feel like they're gonna wait a couple episodes for that. I mean, if uh, I mean, I'd love to see Rex. That'd be awesome. I love Rex. I'd love to see Rex in any way I can. Oh, I, well, the, Rex is gonna be the show. I mean, well, yeah, one hundred percent. I just I would love to see him in episode two. Make him the main character. I, I do. Rex think is be... a Star Wars story. It'd be it'd be really cool though if we do see Rex uh, you know, on a journey to find other clones, and that's when he finds uh, Gregor and mm-hmm. uh, Wolf, because you know we don't know how they removed their inhibitor chips, and we know yeah. that Wolf executed execute uh, Order sixty six, uh, mm-hmm. but Gregor did not. So I'm wondering, so I bet did yeah. Gregor remove his chip before? You know, did Rex remove Wolf's ship when he found him. You know, it, it'd be something cool to explore. Tonwi. Oh my god. Tonwi's <laughs> here. I saw Tonwi and I, when I, I, I saw Tonwi show up and I was like, there's no way Tonwi is in the pilot of the Bad Batch. This is fantastic. News. I was I was actually uh I was actually crying. I saw Tonwi. Uh, and I was very sad she didn't have any speaking roles. We can get Rena Owen back, but I immediately texted Josh, who <laughs> runs the Tom Wee fan account, and I was like, "Josh, if you don't make a post about Tom Wee, what are you even good for?" Uh, I know Tom. I remember I was I I got I got mad at the show around the fifteen minute mark, right because of the Canaan uh, contradiction. And Ton Wee showed up at around the 19-minute mark, so I was still kind of mad. So I didn't even notice that it was Ton Wee. But I, I rewinded to watch the Kane and stuff again. This was after I had read the comic, and then I saw her on the second go around. I was like, "That is fantastic! I'm so glad that Ton Wee is back." <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of like visual references in the episode. Yeah, there was. Like, like, you know, Tom, we didn't have any speaking roles, but, you know, that is the original, it's, the OG Kameoan. Yeah. It's just cool that she's there. Like, it shows the attention to detail. Yeah. You know? I mean, you, you know, if you haven't learned by now, you should now know that how much Dave Filoni cares. Dave Filoni yeah, is he's... a fan, you know? Like, he's not just making this a cartoon. He's making this his Star Wars story and... that he wants to tell. That's crazy. Like, like, like you is... could easily just make that a random Kamino and walk. But no, it's Don Wee. That's great. The, you said you could easily make it a cartoon. This this episode and the way the show is, seems to be going, this is like the oh. most mature yeah, out, of, this... out of the three shows so far, I think. Yeah. There was like nothing cartoon kids cartoon about this episode. Nothing. Like, there was no... I mean, Wrecker obviously making a bunch of stupid jokes, but, like, that's just, that's his character. That's who he is. 
I have a feeling that's and the even way that had a even that had a you know explanation like how tech was like oh your programming is kicking in like you know even that has a deeper meaning you know yeah because that plays which the I also think show. is going to be another huge theme of the show yeah. about you know clones and their programming and clones and hunter not wanting to follow like that's that's a lot of rex's story about you know deviating from orders because you know it's right and hunters you know kind of emulating that and it's it's great like i remember in season seven when the bad batch first showed up hunter was like a pretty forgettable character like he just didn't you know do anything that stood out to me he was just you know kind of the leader of the bad batch but he got some like real depth in this episode like he didn't want to kill you know the separatist conspiracy you know that turned out to be saw Gerrera. like because his kids like you know he doesn't want to follow these orders because he knows they're wrong it's great i love it yeah they really leaned into making uh making hunter the central character yeah, which is cool. He's the leader of the Bad Batch, so he kind of took on the role of the, that you know what Rex would have had in yeah. the uh, Clone Wars, and I really like that. But the, you know they set him apart, so he isn't just a clone. You know he has his own personality, yeah. which is great. And another thing that these these creators are really good at, and D. Bradley Baker is great at, is giving these clones yeah. personalities. Yeah, and, it's like the, all the everyone in the Bad Batch, every single character in the Bad Batch is they differentiate from each other. Hunter yeah, is extremely it's... different from Crosshair, who's extremely different from Tech, who's extremely different from Wrecker and, and Echo. And everyone is extremely different. While also, he plays regular clones in a way where is... they <laughs> seem like regular clones, you know? Yeah, and, and they're different also. So it's crazy how one person can, can... completely change the way he he embodies he, a character yeah he can he plays a million different clothes and he does it differently each time essentially it's insane he's such a talented man uh, one of my another thing i'm really liking like it's well first of all i didn't appreciate how you know little echo did in the Premiere, that's a bit annoying. Echo, yeah, is Echo amazing. was a little underutilized. He, I agree. He didn't do as but much. I think his one of essentially his only moment was whenever he was getting um getting analyzed by AZ and he you know had yeah essentially flashbacks which of what the I separatists were doing amazing. to him, which yeah, was awesome character moment. Like, which I hope they touch it, on some more because he. He like in real life, you would have like extreme PTSD. Oh yeah. And oh yeah. That's incredible. Like think about this. What started as the Clone Wars 2008, a kids show movie, is now <laughs> dealing with PTSD themes. Like that yeah, is incredible. And, and I know earlier, and I I don't I think it was earlier in the show. It might have been after the scene, but. Tech said something along the lines of he's more man than machine now about Echo. And I I sense themes of Echo dealing with that, like yeah. dealing with his own humanity, which is so cool. I think, like, yeah, I think that goes into I, the theme. I was an eight-year-old when this show first aired, and now I'm watching Echo deal with his humanity. This is fantastic. I'm but, 
that definitely goes into the theme of the theme of individuality and yeah going against programming art you know are we programmable yeah or are we free thinking which i imagine they're gonna use rex when rex is in the show they're gonna use him to kind of deal with that some more which is oh my i'm I'm so excited for the themes of the show because i mean this it seems like the reason i love rebels so much is because instead you know rather than the clone wars which are just uh you know kind of disjointed arcs with some overarching mm-hmm. themes, but some not. Yeah. Rebels was one continuous, uh, sh- like story and continuous themes throughout. And this show, I'm getting the sense it's going to be the same uh, or similar, where they have yeah, these I... complex themes that they can play with because they're you know centralized on the Bad Batch only. It's it's so crazy to me. Like when the show was first announced, I I wasn't super excited for it, mainly because I didn't know that it was going to be you know a direct pickup of the clone wars i wasn't that excited but this i genuinely think has the potential to be one of my favorite star wars properties like it's it's such a great pilot and there's so many different things that they can do with it which is funny like you make your central characters clone force 99 and now you have all of these different stories you can tell it's fascinating yeah, initially, I'm not going to lie to you, I was never really excited for the show because of Clone Force 99. Nothing yeah. about them. Like, they weren't that... Really maybe latch onto them. But, yeah. I mean, immediately in this first episode, I am I feel attached to every single yeah. member of the team. Like, I think it's cool that we get to see clones in their life after the Galactic Republic. Like, how they're you know, how are they going to cope with that? They, I know Rex in season seven said clones have mixed feelings about the war, you know, without it, we wouldn't exist, but you know, nobody wants to fight in a war. And now that the war is over, how, how are they going to deal with that? I'm, I'm so excited to see that. And we saw a little bit of that, like when Palpatine was given his speech and all the clones were there and they immediately, you know, started to, applaud and like how they're just they're still loyal to palpatine even though you know he's the emperor now and i think i think it was crosshair he said galactic republic galactic empire it's all the same mm-hmm. and that was really cool because you know it is it's essentially exactly the same yeah i when i was watching the episode i was thinking about you know well they were they were talking a lot about how Tarkin was evaluating the clones and oh, yeah. thinking about what are we going to do with the clones are we going to use live uh, mm-hmm. you know, live soldiers instead of well you know, not live soldiers but volunteer soldiers instead of clones yeah, yeah, yeah. and of course we know that they do end up switching to volunteer soldiers uh, yeah. enlisted soldiers instead of clones so it makes me wonder we've never really learned what happened to the clones. Uh, yeah, but... kind of phased out. So it makes me think: Is there going to be a theme of the movie where the Empire starts assassinating—not assassinating, but completely but, you know, neutralizing b- clones? Ridding, yeah. yeah, like do they do they completely uh, execute all clones just to get them out yeah, of the it's... way? I think that I... might be something that happens. So essentially, the Bad Batch is under fire, you know, being hunted by the Empire because they're clones and that they're trying to rid all clones from the world or galaxy. I saw, I saw on Reddit that there was a theory 
about uh, essentially Clone Wars, not Clone Wars, Clone Troopers versus Storm, like a big battle. Clone Troopers versus some new Stormtrooper recruits later on in the series. And that was very interesting because, you know, the whole Stormtrooper uprising thing has always been, you know, talked about in Star Wars. Uh, you know, Stormtroopers rebelling against whoever. And essentially seeing Stormtroopers and Clone Troopers fight would basically be that. And that would be pretty sweet. Like, mm-hmm. maybe some clones remain loyal to the Galactic Empire and some clones don't. So there's essentially a Clone Trooper Civil War. That'd be pretty sweet. Uh, getting to see Kamino. Getting to see every, all the clones on Kamino again. Pretty sweet. Yeah, I think that would be a, that's a cool concept. Uh, and that's something yeah. that like they can play around with a lot in this show. I mean, they can literally do anything they want with just clones, you know? Yeah. Like, if, if the Clone Wars... If the Clone Wars was the catalyst that gave clones personality, but it still had to deal with all these other you know, main characters, Jedi and everything, this show can just take those clone characters and absolutely run with them. Which is... Which I think... Which is, I think, the reason why this is maybe going to be one of my favorite Star Wars shows, because I've I've felt such a strong attachment to these clone troopers over 12 years of my life. So now that we get a show essentially centered around clones, like, that's that's awesome. How, how can you not be excited for this? I love it. Yeah, I'm excited. Finnick, for... What's Finnick Shan gonna do though? I kind of forgot, forgot about her forgot right now. Yeah. <laughs> what is she gonna do? They they Good really can her. just bring. I I, I essentially bet you, anybody in. Yeah, I bet you that Dave Filoni was like, "What characters do we have that we we can just use?" But then again, also he created Finnick Shan. Yeah, he created Finnick Shan too. Episode, yeah, episode one of the band or episode five of the Mandalorian. Uh. So, I mean, he can use that character. I mean, this is his playground, which is so cool because Dave Filoni has his whole corner of the Star Wars universe. You know, like he, you know, this is George Lucas's universe, but then there's Dave Filoni's universe within that. And that's, you know, Clone Wars, uh, Bad Batch, uh, Rebels, Rebels. and part of the Mandalorian. Part of the Mandalorian. And Resistance. Don't forget about Resistance. I forgot about Resistance. (laughs) There's not like, much overlap he, and resistance. He can, so. just, he can really do whatever he wants with these characters because he has access yeah. to all of these characters, which is so cool. I I know deep down in my heart that it's not going to happen, but I really want to see Ahsoka again. Like I really think it'd be cool. I I'm assuming we're gonna the reason we see Rex is because him and Ahsoka split, like they are out doing whatever on their own. But I really don't want that to be the case. Like, I just want to see Ahsoka and Rex mm-hmm. be chummy again. Like, I love it. Yeah, I bet you that Rex is kind of on his own mission to maybe find more clones, bring them, you know, and, and get the chip out of their heads uh, and, yeah. and restore them. So I, I bet you that is that might be what brings him together with the Bad Batch, is that mm-hmm. uh, he is searching He's for searching out, yeah. And that's how he finds Wolf, that's how he finds Gregor. I'd like to see Cody too. I'd like to see if Cody. I know we know he, you know, executed Order Six. I'd like to see Cody dealing with that. You know, essentially being a villain. That'd be pretty sweet. Mm-hmm. I mean, that'd be 
you know, very hard to watch, you know, Cody, this character that I've, you know, loved, and then now he's a villain. That would suck, but it'd be really cool for storytelling purposes. I felt always felt like it'd be really cool to explore what it's like, because when they execute Order 66, it's almost like they become a villain, but that's not yeah. true. I mean... Yeah, I mean, it's, their pro- still, it's not their fault. Cody like, is still Cody. It's, still Cody. it's yeah. just he has this protocol to kill the Jedi because they you know, they, their protocol is that they betray the Republic. So yeah. Rex is it's not... It's tragic. It's evil, so you know, Rex is still has his personality. That, that isn't really yeah. the personality. It just gives them a direct order. So uh, that would be a cool thing to really uh, explore, you know, and th- how they have their personality but also have this belief that Jedi are... Uh, these people that turned against yeah. the Republic and turned against them. Perhaps a Rex versus Cody fight scene? <laughs> I think I would probably pass away if I saw that <laughs> happening. Out of pure sadness, I would simply I think that, that dynamic that you're talking <laughs> about, <laughs> that dynamic that you're talking about, you know, these, you know, good versus evil clone is what we're going to get with a Hunter versus Crosshair. Uh, yeah, and and Crosshair's ultimate, presumably ultimate redemption, back to the Bad Batch, which is a really, I mean, I'm really, is is a really gutsy move that Dave Filoni takes, to take one of the main characters of the Bad Batch, and just say, yeah, we're just gonna, we're gonna make flip him, him. Yeah, yeah, make him essentially In episode evil. one. Yeah, so I'm, I think that's a really cool. I think it's, I'm excited I thought it was really cool. cool. You know, I think with the 70 minute runtime, it was perfect to have him switch sides an episode. If we just had a normal, you know, 30-minute and Hunter crossed over in episode one, I'd be like, really? We don't even know that much about this guy. Yeah. But I think with the 70-minute runtime, we were able to get, you know, this theme of Hunter and Crosshair don't really like each other that much. Crosshair doesn't think Hunter's a good leader, so he defects. Like, it makes sense with, you know, what we know, why he would defect, essentially. I think it was good. I think they executed it about as good as I can. Can we talk about how, since 2008, Dave Filoni launched his first series with a movie of sorts for the Clone mm-hmm. Wars, but since then he has grown as, as a creator and, a, and a, a filmmaker or, or just like you know a showrunner, creative mind, whatever you want to call it, to instead of making a movie, which is basically just combining three or four episodes... He yeah. crafted this it, as a one hour and ten minute you know, yeah, show episode, episode like it's, to it, it, it's beautifully paced. It's amazing, you know, the start and the end of the episode, it feels natural. It doesn't feel like it's just episodes tacked onto each other. Never once yeah. in the episode did I feel like, okay, this is a good break for episode yeah, uh, like, episode one of three that combines to make this. It's yeah. all one continuous episode. It's I mean, I it felt like it didn't even feel like an hour and ten minutes. It felt like a normal Clone Wars episode. The pacing was insanely good. He's he's come so far as a storyteller and director. He's improved so much. Like he was never bad, but he's how he's improved. It's amazing. It's such a great story. You know, just. Of Dave Filoni himself, yeah, following a creator's life and and work for this long. I mean, yeah, what has it been? Fourteen years, yeah, <laughs> since his the uh, beginning of his Star Wars career. 
essentially. And even before that, with the Avatar, like, yeah, you know, it's, gosh, it's I'm really glad that uh, I watched the Fives arc with you because yeah, I didn't even know that we were like, gonna see really... AZ. Like, t- I was thinking about that too when I was watching it. I was like, huh, I didn't know that this arc was gonna actually matter in the Bad Batch. I didn't just mm. had that arc downloaded because I wanted to watch that arc. Like, I had no I, reason. I don't think if I didn't rewatch it, then I would have remembered AZ at all. So oh, yeah, I, I probably I wouldn't have either. Because I've, like... I've only done one full watch through of, of the Clone Wars, and I've watched you know some arcs yeah. a couple times, but I've only watched the Fives arc now twice, but before I, I rewatched it with you, I only watched it once because I... Hate, I hated the feeling of depression. And yeah. I didn't want to be depressed watching yeah, think... my good friend Fives die. So um, I've only I only watched it once, but I watched it again, and I'm glad I did because it really took the episode. I think I've I don't I think I've watched the Clone Wars through like four times, but I I don't remember those you know smaller characters like that as well. Like I obviously I. I remember the characters and I'm rewatching the show and I know what they do, but like just in a random setting talking on a pot, like I wouldn't, I wouldn't have remembered AZ. Like I, it would just be a normal character. I would have had to, I would have recognized them and had to look them up and you know, then I'd be like, Oh yeah. But when we saw him, I was like, that's hilarious that mm-hmm. AZ showed up. I also, I rewatched the scene uh, of Kanan and rebels talking about mm-hmm. order 66 and yeah. I'm really glad that I did because, uh, well, I, I watched it after, but like just watching it and then rewatching the the Caleb Doom Order 66 scene, it's just a cool you know experience to kind of connect those those dots. I think I might rewatch the first episode of the Bad Batch after this. <laughs> I, I need to rewatch. It makes me want to rewatch Rebels too because I mean I. I yeah, have really I'm, fond memories of watching that show, and like that. For I, me I feel is, the same. It's nostalgic, just as uh, Clone Wars is for you. My problem with my problem with that is we're in a weird spot where like we don't have a release date on the Ahsoka Tano show, and I feel like if I watch Rebels through now, then I won't want to watch through it again mm-hmm. before Ahsoka because it'll still be fresh for me, you know. So I'm in this weird spot where. I just want to know a release date so I can just know when I can rewatch Rebels. Because I, I feel the same, you know, I just have that nostalgic feeling. And that's, you know, how the the whole found family story, that's how it is. It's supposed to make you feel attached to it. I, I have fond memories of watching through that show. Yeah, I'm Rebels, I, I watched through Rebels at college, my first, uh, first and second semesters of college. And I don't know why, but, like, I, I think it is just because of the themes of the show and the family themes and everything. It made, mm-hmm. like, it, it just, it makes me feel so warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah. And that's, that's think, why it's one of my, it's my yeah favorite yeah. Star Wars show and top three Star Wars medias. Like, it is awesome. I think the timing of when, you know, because you watched it immediately after I rewatched it. I think the timing of when we watched it was kind of, you know, that also helped because... This is our, it was your first, our first time, you know, not being able to hang out whenever we felt like it, yeah. you know. So just, I just watched Rebels because I had nothing better to do. All my friends were in college. So it just, you know. It's, it sucks. I watched that. I, I look fondly suck. upon it. I watched that uh, right before the pandemic hit. 
So I I launched it all not in pandemic, which I guess in hindsight is pretty good because I didn't want to have to you know that, have that experience tainted by the yeah. negative emotions of quarantine, initial yeah. quarantine. So uh, I mean I, I got that all in. I think I finished it like literally right before COVID hit. Yeah, you 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 were watching through in like February. Yeah, let me see. I, I remember down I, when I watched, I watched it. through. I watched it like December and ended in January, and then I think you picked it up in February. Because yeah, I so remember I, I was watching through every Star Wars. I was watching through the Clone Wars, and then I picked up on Rebels. Because this is right before uh, Rise of Skywalker, I think. And I, I just finished. Or, maybe it wasn't. Maybe I just felt like it and did it. I finished uh, Clone Wars season six in February, and then I started Rebels. Uh, immediately after in February, and I ended it at yeah. the beginning of March. I I actually remember now. I think I finished season four in quarantine, uh, mm-hmm. but I, I when the quarantine hit, I only had like three episodes left until the end of the show. But you know, now that I'm thinking about it, you might as well save this clip and add this to the pod if there's a, if it flows oh, well enough. Oh, <laughs> Jeremiah, I've been recording this entire time. Okay, cool. I was about to say you might as well just throw this in there if it works. Like, um, yeah, a really solid discussion we're having. It's, it's going to be pretty long. It's a great discussion. Yeah, a lot of talking about. I mean, it's we live in this an era when we're getting new Dave Filoni Star Wars content regularly. You know, I mean, this is. I mean, I'm, I'll talk I, about this for hours. It's crazy that, you know, our parents grew up in a time where, you know, Star Wars is just, is George Lucas, right? But now, mm-hmm. we have, there's someone else who basically embodies this, Star Wars yeah. and created, you know, the creative experience of Star Wars. So we, you know, everyone now knows Dave Filoni. We, like, yeah, Dave Filoni is awesome. the person who a, we grew up watching. Is a mastermind. Like, you, if you told little eight-year-old Jerry that he he would have gotten so attached to Dave Filoni, I'd be like, "Who is Dave Filoni? I'm eight years old." <laughs> but I'm it's crazy. I I think that's the experience a lot of people, a lot of fans of the show have. You know, they've they've grown up with the show, so it's just cool to see its journey. It's not even about like yeah, for me, it's not even about the show. I mean, it is obviously. I love the show, but. It's more about all these actors and producers and Dave Filoni yeah, yeah. and just everybody that I've so I've the watched their process, career yeah. progress and I'm just attached. Like I'm I'm 12 years in. I it's not like I can't not like I can just get out. You know. You and me. I mean, I've talked to you about this before, uh, but you and me have had like really similar experiences with Clone Wars, and I'm a huge fan of of Zack Snyder and yeah. the process of Zack Snyder's Justice League, and it's yeah. really similar experiences because I mean, your uh, well not your but uh, Clone Wars uh, was prematurely ended, and the arc was prematurely completed. ended, brought back prematurely Dave, ended again, then brought back again, and but, but Dave <laughs> Filoni like it's about. The Clone Wars season seven is sure you you want to see more Clone Wars, but it's about giving Dave Filoni the yeah, creative his, freedom to to do his yeah. story. You know, like that's what it is about is the creative freedom for someone to tell their story as they want to, and that's I mean my experience with with Zack Snyder and Zack Snyder's Justice League. Yeah, it's about it's such Zack a, Snyder being able to tell his story as he intends it to be. It's such an emotional feeling watching it come to life. You know, like Absolutely, you're like yeah. wow. This guy worked so hard for this. 
and I, I've got the blessing of watching it. Like Walking through the entire I'm tearing game. up right. I'm tearing up right now talking about it. Like it's powerful. I mean, that's what art is. Art is uh, yeah, powerful it's... like that, and it's more. I mean, you know, it, who you know, you might not see it this way or whatever. Uh, some people might see it different ways, but Star Wars is an art form. It's yeah, art. It's... That's why it's yeah. it's still the test of time. Uh, if 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 a property can mean something completely different to different people. And so, and you know, people get real life experiences and, and meaning out of, you know, a cartoon show. Yes, that's, that's surpassed a, a cartoon show. That is art. This is a show for kids, and I'm tearing up recording a podcast about it. Like, God. I know. Uh, in our previous episode, I argued, uh, I guess, in a way against the Clone Wars 2008 series and four 2003 mm-hmm. series, but. I, I like a hundred percent. The 2008 series has a lot more meaning than the yeah. 2003 series. Like, oh okay, yeah, sure. I, I like the action sequences in the 2003 series, and you know some of the the different arcs and, and episodes and things. But I mean, as as a whole, like not even meaning within the show, but mm-hmm. the meaning of the show is a lot yeah, more significant. Like... The meaning of the show outside of Star Wars. Yes, yes. Yeah, I get what you're saying. You know, it it, it, in, yeah, it transcends what, you know, the show is and, and becomes uh, a cultural icon and, and a, a meaning, you know, a personal, uh, a personal, I guess, like experience for a lot of people. You know, I might, I might be changing my mind. I might like 2008 Clone Wars better. <laughs> as I'm as I'm speaking about it, just because it has that much meaning in it, I'm I'm just so glad we live in a time where we get to we get to watch Clone Wars, and then we get to watch Rebels, and now we're getting to watch Bad Batch, and whatever Dave is doing in the live action that can connect. Oh I'm my just, god. Yeah, it's think about a... that. Dave Filoni <laughs> right now is also working on a live-action Ahsoka TV show. Yeah, it's potentially crazy. more stuff in The Mandalorian. That is insane. And potentially I'm... Boba Fett, question mark? I'm, I'm not sure, sure if he's he doing is. anything in that. I, uh, yeah, I think... I'm not sure if he's directing... Like, obviously, we don't know the directors, but, I mean, I'm pretty sure I saw somewhere that he's basically having the same role he had with The Mandalorian with... Uh, in the book of Boba Fett. Who are the showrunners for all these shows? Because I know that... I think John Chow... and Dave are doing Book of Boba Fett, just like they were Mandalorian. Yeah, I think Deborah that's essentially... I think they just... Is Obi-Wan. Are picking, yeah, Deborah's Obi-Wan. Ahsoka is Dave Filoni. Um, I'm not sure about Lando. I, I don't know about Cassian either. I'm not sure about Cassian. I think... Cassian should be out there. Like, that should be something I can find out. I'm going to look it up real quick. That is, another, like, The Mandalorian is not even the next thing that's coming out after uh, Bad Batch. It's it's the book of Boba Fett, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's uh, Boba Fett, then it's, might, Boba it might be Fett, The Mandalorian, it might be Andor. Then it's Mandalorian, yeah. It's, so it's, it was originally going to be the Rogue One co-writer, um... Whoever Gil- Tony Gilroy is originally Gil- going to be him. Really? Are you but serious? He, he stepped down 
And now it is Steven Schiff. It looks like. Steven Schiff. Wait, no, no, hold on. That's I read that backwards. It was originally Steven Schiff. He stepped down, and now it's Tony Gilroy. So Tony yeah, Gilroy, who it was who co-wrote. Oh my God. Rogue One is now show running. Cassian Andor. That's really cool. <laughs> you're you're kidding me. That he gets to you know you know sticking to the same theme, he gets to tell his story again. Really cool. This is. Amazing. I can't wait to see Enfys Nest. Wait, he, she wasn't in Rogue One, but she's still gonna be there. Man, t Tony Gilroy is. I'm not sure if he's an Oscar winning, but I think he's an Oscar nominated writer, and he's doing these. I'm honestly not too familiar with his work, so I'm sure well, I am. Like I'm sure when you name off stuff, I'm like, oh yeah, I've. Well, Jeremiah, are, are you familiar with the the Keanu Reeves Al Pacino film, The Devil's Advocate? I'm familiar with it. I've never seen it. it he is. He wrote it. That's a. Is it a vampire okay. movie? Yes, it is. Yes, he he wrote Armageddon. Oh yeah, yeah. He he wrote the Bourne movies. Nice. So yeah, he knows what he's doing. See, That's good. He wrote and directed the Bourne Legacy. Uh, wrote Rogue One. It appears you've been kicked for inactivity, by the way. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> he, I don't know if you know who Dan Gilroy is, um, but Dan Gilroy is Tony Gilroy's name. brother. Dan Gilroy yeah. is a director uh, who I, I really like. He uh, directed Nightcrawler with J.J. Yeah, Jonal. that's, I think, yeah, He yeah. directed uh, Velvet Buzzsaw, also with J.J. Mm -hmm. And he directed, I think you're a fan of this movie, Roman J. Israel Esquire. Yes. God, he, he's the director of that. Yep, he wrote and directed yeah. all those movies. That that's was cool. Dan Gilroy, his brother, uh, nice. Tony Gilroy's so, brother. Yeah. Well, I'm glad to hear Andor's in good hands. Yeah, Andor is in very good hands. I, I, I didn't know really it was. Cool. Uh, I didn't know it was being handled by him. I didn't even know That's... he wrote uh, Rogue yeah, he... One. Yes. So he's he's the showrunner. Yeah, he's the showrunner. So he's essentially he's essentially Johnny Fav. And it looks like maybe, IMDb. Maybe has... Tony Gil Tony Gilroy is breaking through in the um, the Lucasfilm Civil War. Maybe, maybe <laughs> that, he'll head up Lucasfilm. <laughs> that's that's so cool that that they're bringing in all these different creators. Like John Favreau is one of the most prominent Star Wars creators right now. Yeah. And now Tony Gilroy, who is uh, a, a very famous and and well respected screenwriter, is getting his piece in Star Wars, which is fantastic. <laughs> that we're getting these that's different awesome. visions. But I'm seeing on IMDb that Andor Chow. is. Yeah, I'm seeing on IMDb Andor is going to be a 12-episode series, which is yeah, very nice. that's cool. I'm really excited that the Bad Batch is 16 episodes. That makes me very happy. That's like yeah. four months' worth of Bad Batch. And then we have... Oh, gosh. I can't. I'm so excited. Then we have whatever is coming out in December. And then hopefully Battlefront 3. And then hopefully... Book about that. Like, Star Wars is in such a good hands. I can't I'm, wait. I am honestly really excited it's that the, the Boba Fett, not Boba Fett, Obi Wan Kenobi is a six episode miniseries because I think that'll uh, benefit it. I'm hoping, as long as the episodes are, you know, not short, we're golden. Because that's my biggest yeah. complaint with The Mandalorian. Episodes are like 30 minutes long and it's eight episodes. Like, 
I'm really, getting, guys? I'm getting <laughs> vibes for Obi-Wan, the format, to be similar to Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Six episode mm -hmm. miniseries Where, yeah. and an hour long, hour sure. long episodes. Yeah. That'd be cool. That's essentially six Obi-Wan movies. I think that's pretty sweet. I'm really excited for the Obi-Wan. I really hope that that turns out. I'm not, I'm not worried about the show, obviously. I'm just... If they have to get one thing right, it's this, you know? Yeah, for real. They like, fans do. have been wanting Ewan back forever. We've, the Obi-Wan movie rumors were a thing, like, what, four years ago? Mm -hmm. Fans have always wanted, like, this is the one they have to get right. Which I think they will, because Deborah Chow is a genius, and well, well, Disney well, Star Wars has never done wrong. So, we're good. What else has Deborah Chow uh, done? She, she directed, um, I think it was episode five. No, that was Dave. I think it was episode four of The Mandalorian. It was one of the really good, really, really good ones in season one. That It was, I think it was, if I remember correctly, it might have been three. Because four might was have been Bryce three. Dallas yeah. Howard. Five oh, was yeah. So Dave. It was Dave. It was probably three. You're pro you, you know she more did, about that than me. But I remember. two episodes, I believe, in this, in season one. I remember the um, the reaction to her uh, her episodes were very positive, and I am a big fan. She hasn't done she did she really hasn't done that much besides The Mandalorian, um, directing wise. I'm not sure like writing or anything. I think oh, she ha she worked on Jessica Jones too. That's cool. Ooh, I like that show. Looks I like don't she... really, but you know, her. it's cool that she worked on it. Oh uh, yeah, so she did episode three of, of season one, which is one of the highest rated uh, episodes, and I believe episode seven. Mm. Yes, episode seven, which is also one of the highest rated episodes of the season. So I mean, this is amazing news. Oh, dude, this Taika Waititi Star Wars movie, I cannot wait. Oh, my God, oh my yes. Gosh. I don't, what are they going to do? Taika is such a goofy guy. How is, he gonna, how is he going to make a Star Wars? I, I don't even care. A Star Wars comedy. It's going to be hilarious. Like, what could he possibly... Maybe, give me a... I mean... Do you think you do Old Republic? Do you think uh, like, you do uh, after the sequels? Do you think you do between the originals and the sequels? Give me a give me a give me a Colonel Mieber Gascon movie. Mieber, a Star Wars story, directed by Taika Waititi. Now that would be you funny. know you know what I can see him doing, Gonk, a Star Wars story. Gonk. <laughs> Before we sign off here, because I'm getting sign off vibes. Ranking, ranking out of ten. What do you rank it first? First episode. Uh, out of ten. Out of ten. Hmm. Let's see. So, like you said, unnecessary uh, retcon is mm -hmm. an interesting decision. I didn't have a problem with it just because I didn't have that past experience with the comic. But I'm gonna read yeah. the comic after after watching it. Uh, but it's an interesting decision. The I like a lot what they're setting up. I like the cameos Tarkin saw, um, uh, Depo Balaba and, and Caleb Doom. Uh, the themes are amazing. I think I have to give it a strong nine. 
but maybe upwards to a nine and a half. I'm and that's, in... that's, yeah, that's like a. I, I not not even necessarily being generous, but I like I I enjoyed it, and I'm just I'm not gonna go hard on it at all because I enjoyed it. So I'm giving nine and a half. I'm in complete agreement, but even more so. I I think it's a ten out of ten, even with the unnecessary retcon. I this was probably my favorite new Star Wars experience I've ever had. Mm. Like that's that's a lie. Um, the Siege of Mandalore is my favorite new Star Wars experience. This is definitely my second favorite new Star Wars experience I've ever had because it's these characters that I know so well and have gotten attached to so much just to see that story continue and such a good way 10 out of 10 perfect gonna be the best show of, of all time quite frankly <laughs> it's in comparison to uh, the other Star Wars shows mainly the you know Dave Filoni shows what do you think about it and I mean it's only one episode so you were in right to, comparison to compare to it to the first all episode. of the Star Wars like well let me are you talking this way. like I think if every episode is this quality, it'll be the best Star Wars. Show. I think this will be the best Star Wars show. Yes, if every episode is this quality. And if if this is like the, I mean, I think this, this is the Star. Is, this, this is, is the Star Wars lovers show. Like you know, normal, normal Star Wars enjoyers will watch The Mandalorian and love it because you know The Mandalorian is a great show mm-hmm. aimed at a general audience. But this is the. Star Wars fanatic show, you know. Yeah, you make. That's why I think I love it It so much. It is because I am one of those nerds, right? I mean, they're playing around with some complex themes that they normally wouldn't, you know. Because Star Wars is growing, like you can't tell some of these stories in The Mandalorian, you know. I'm not trying to pit the two shows against each other. I'm just saying, like, no, I, I entirely agree. Uh, and I think that this episode, in terms of quality, is like it matches uh, the best episodes of Clone Wars, the best episode of Rebels. So if oh, this yeah. is an indication of what it's going to be like in total, then I think we are gearing up for a really, really great Star Wars uh, experience. Yeah, I'm, I'm very excited for Friday. I cannot wait until the next. I might oh, just. I have to oh, work. Yes. I have to work at 10 a.m. on that Friday, but I think I might just stay up until 2 a.m. on Thursday and watch it because I can't wait. I don't think I can deal with two more sleeps until <laughs> the, the next Bad Batch. I think one. I think I have to do it. Yeah, this is uh, it's impressive. It's an impressive, you know, sight that we are getting so much quality, great quality Star Wars in the recent years. You know. I mean, I've said it before, and this this further solidifies it. Disney Star Wars is probably is. the best Star Wars we've gotten. Yep. All hail Kathleen Kennedy. <laughs> All hail Dave Filoni. They can do no wrong. Well, with that, uh, we are going to end this episode of the Battlefronts. Uh, I, I can't wait till the rest of the Bad Batch and talking about it here. Uh, but we also have some more content and other Star Wars uh, stuff to talk about as well. So uh, with that, 
I'm I have nothing else. Jeremiah, anything else you'd like to say? Uh, yes, I have one final thought. Um, I cannot wait until we see Finrau and Ahsoka Tano <laughs> in next week's episode. <laughs> all hail Finrau. <laughs> May the force be with you all. See ya.